All right, guys, this is your boy Joe back at it again, codingphase.com, and the back at it again podcast with my boy Bobby Davis Jr. What up, Bobby? <laughs> How you doing, man? How you doing? <laughs> Everything good, man. We just chilling, man. It's Friday night. You know, it's one of those days, man. We got nothing to do, so we're gonna hang out here and uh, <laughs> talk on talk on the talk on the talk to the people. Yeah, no, definitely, man. We definitely gonna get it get it popping today, man. So yeah, Bobby, you know, let the people know who you are. I mean, you know, I've heard of, of you from you know even from back in the days, uh, like probably like 2012, 2013. I have seen you, you know, even on commercials and you know advertisement online, and I have seen. I think an interview, I forgot what website, but somebody had interviewed. I'm like, oh, sure, look at, look at this yeah. dude over here, Bobby over here. Right. Oh, oh, popular, getting <laughs> interviews everywhere. Look at your boy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did an interview with Dice in New York once. Um, and so Dice was talking to me about the boot camp that started in 20, 20, um, 2014. And so we were right there with Hack Reactor and those guys when they were starting boot camps. We kind of sprint at the same time. We did ours on the east coast so we brought it east so yeah <laughs> no that's hot man so i want you to let the people know i mean so you are the founder of uh coda foundry right? yeah and how did you guys create coda foundry i mean how did that happen so um i've done a lot of things i started a uh, consulting company in uh, 2002 and then from there i started a a financial services fraud company in 07. And uh, I was looking for the next thing to do. And um, a lot of people were asking me to come and help them build things and do stuff. And a lot of times it meant me, I was like training dudes out there in the marketplace. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to make a school because then I can hire some teachers instead of me doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so like we started the boot camp, um, and yeah, the rest is history. So we're still, we're still like, uh, training people to code, getting them jobs, um, you know, still running, running consulting projects, doing those kind of things. So nice. it's really, it's been a lot of fun. No, that, that's cool, man. I mean, we're going to get back to Coder Foundry. I want to go yeah. to the, the very beginnings. I mean, yeah. How did you get into this world of programming oh. and, you know, let's, so, let's, take, let's take them way back. Take them way back. So, like, I'm old. So, like, uh, in the 80s, I studied computer science and was learning about mm -hmm. COBOL. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like COBOL. And so I left college. And then I ended up starting another degree in risk management insurance. And in my very first job out of college, I was working for a, a defunct insurance company. And the guy asked me, he said, hey, can you fix this Fox Pro database? And uh, he was asking this other dude, and I just raised my hand. I can do that. I can fix that Fox Pro database. And he says, how do you know how to do that? And I'm like, well, I just, you know, I just do. And uh, from there, um, I got hired in as my first programming job from a guy that got uh, let go from that default insurance company. But he, he, was, he liked the fact that I could fix a Fox Pro database, and I was programming Power Builder. Um, for the, for the early nineties, if you even remember what power builder was. Um, and so I was working on like engines and like, uh, diagnostics for like big truck engines. And from there, um, I started contracting. And then when I started contracting, I figured out that I didn't really need a recruiter anymore. And so I just, um, started a consulting company in 02 and, uh, self-taught the whole way through. So I learned COBOL in college, but 
everything I knew through the nineties, if you've been through the nineties, you know, we didn't have really the internet until 97. <laughs> so like you had to read a lot of books and study hard. And like, um, that's why I truly believe in self-taught coders because I am one. And I yeah, truly yeah. believe you can break in this industry, even when a lot of people think they can't. Um, I know you can and people look at me, but you're looking at someone that's put in 20 plus years of work. And a lot of people say, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, but you know, that was 20 years ago. I didn't think I could do it either. And so that's, that's what I want to tell people is like, get in. If you can, if you can discipline your stuff to learn how to code, you can make bank doing this. So yeah, I just think you should get into it. No, that's hot, man. Yeah, no, that's why I I try to preach here to the peoples and show them by example, you know, what it has done for me, you know, as a uh, immigrant, you know, single parent, you know, right. and somehow I've been able to get opportunities because I learned how to code, you know, that most people wouldn't be able to get. And especially in, in the position that I was in, you know, and, you know, sometimes people think like, man, where you start at, that's where you're going to end up at. Right? And, right. and people don't understand that it's a process. Right. Yeah. There's people that get things instantly. Right. And just like a lottery ticket. Right. A winner could get a hundred million dollars instantly that same day. You know what I mean? But at the same time, there's a dude that's out there that worked for 10 years and he makes that same a hundred million dollars. It took him 10 years, but he's going to get it regardless. You know, so that's just how it is. That's how life is. And um, that's why I tell people, man, you got to learn how to code, man. There's so many opportunities and and you just never know where it's going to take you. you Yeah. So um, I wrote this book called Breaking the Code. And in that one of the chapters, I talk about this thing that I've called screen shifts. And you've been around enough to know this. So like in the 80s, Bill Gates invented this thing called Windows. And suddenly from the 90s to about 97, everyone was making Windows apps and they were making bank doing it. And then 97 comes out and Google's invented. And suddenly everybody is made. I mean, everybody's making websites. You remember the dot-com bubble and all that stuff from like, man, if you had a website idea, you could get, you could get $5 million in VC funding, no problem. And then the next screen shift comes along and you see Steve Jobs hold up this thing, this iPhone. And he says, every single person is going to carry one of these. And I was like, no way, man, anybody going to carry that thing. And then people lined around the block and then the app store was, and that was another screen shift. And what I want to tell people right now is like, if you don't know how to code, 2020 is the decade to do it because we're in the middle of another screen shift and it's called voice. And the screens will actually go away and you're going to have to start coding these things to work on voice so that people can talk to the computer instead of like typing something in or using a mouse or, you know, tapping on a keyboard. Um, And that's the thing that if you can get on these screen shifts and you do the right app, you can you can kill it. And I think that there is a kid that's probably 20, 20 years old that doesn't know he's a billionaire. But he's going to write some voice app that we don't think we need, but then we'll realize we have to have. And he'll be the next Bill Gates or the next you know Mark Zuckerberg. People don't understand Mark Zuckerberg is like 30. I mean, he's like he invented Facebook in like 2008. Think about that. That was only that. That's been a minute. That that's not like he's been around forever, like Bill Gates in the 80s and whatever. I mean, he's still he's a young dude. Um, And Jack Dorsey's been around since then. So I think I think those kind of things motivate me a lot to say I'm going to build that next voice app, or I'm going to learn how. And I'm still chasing it. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to code it up, you know. And I'm, you know, I'm over fifty now. But like, there's a kid out there 
that's going to do this. You know, and I know you're chasing yeah. it too. <laughs> so. You know, uh, yeah, no, definitely. That's what I'm doing. You know, with my Shopify applications, man. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of potential in there. You know, I come from the world of uh, contract work, basically. Right. Right. Like yeah. I never really liked working full time for a company because right. I get bored. You know, sometimes uh, I'm like my attention span is like the maximum is nine months. I can't be right. at, at a company for, uh, you know, X amount of years, you know, and, and just working on the same product. I'm not that type yeah. of person. I like to work on every type of stack. I like to work on every type of uh, technology that's out there. Something yeah. that, that challenges me. And, you know, once I, I feel like, okay, I completed that challenge, it's like, I'm, I'm on to the next thing, you know? And since I, I have that, that background and at the same time most of the years that i worked for companies has been in e-commerce i saw this this potential from shopify mm -hmm. probably like three years ago um of course there was so many different places like you know most of the companies i, I used to work for we either were working with php laravel custom made websites uh some companies were using magento some companies were using woocommerce right but then I've seen a shift, just like how you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I've seen a shift of like how uh, Shopify was able to create a platform that, just like WordPress, allows your grandmother to create a website and sell like knitting, you know, right. exactly. sweaters. Is like now it makes it available for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the same time, it's like okay, cool. So they have the platform. They already have the funding. They're already big enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they don't have maybe the manpower to create custom code for every single type of industry. So what right. they did was just create a platform that is like a blanket that goes over everybody. But, you know, some some people might need a, you know, a thicker blanket, you know what exactly. I mean? Like a, a lighter <laughs> blanket. So that's right. where we come in as developers and we take advantage of the platform that they already have and, and say, you know what, there's an industry that sells, you know, uh, keychains or was a, a neck collars for puppies, and you right. know maybe we could create an application that can uh, calculate from the the width of or whatever the circumference, whatever you want to call yeah. it, whatever the length of the freaking dog's I, neck, yeah. right? And then calculate, uh, you know, some type of way for them to to create those chains, right, or whatever it is for those puppies, right? So now yeah. we create applications that are custom to those specific needs while using Shopify, which allows us to just focus on the, the, the product that we can create instead of focusing on like, oh, will the website get hacked? Will uh, the payment gateway work? Will, right. uh, you know, how are we going to do the database? This, this, and that. It's like, that's already there for us, you know? Mm -hmm. And since it's so easy, anybody could go and create a, a website with Shopify. So, Plus, it's easy promo. Like I, like right now, if you look on on YouTube, everybody talking about drop shipping. Everybody talking about yeah. e-commerce. Everybody's trying to make a website. So it's like now you see those things. I'm like, I kind of saw this in like 2008, 2009 with WordPress, and right. I was like, I was mad. I never really jumped on it because at right. that time I was doing other things uh, besides programming. So when I got into the game, like now I could see those little those little momentums where I'm like, Hmm, this is about to pop off. I got to yeah. jump on it before everybody gets on it, you know, but yeah, man, 
So one thing that I, I noticed um, in last year, and, and just just to prove that you're right, and all the people out here, I see some comments coming up, but like what people don't understand about Shopify is like last Christmas, which is in 2019, more transactions went through a Shopify site than total those went through Amazon. And so everyone thinks Amazon is this giant behemoth, but this dude makes Shopify <laughs> and then he just, I'm going to sign up a million little vendors. They're going to get a bigger cut than they would at Amazon. And everyone goes over to that. And so they, they have more traction and more total volume than even Amazon. And that that's, that's where you're hot on it, man. I mean, like you're, that, that is a shift is happening. Um, and you'll, and I think it's going to continue because everybody wants to get that, you know, American dream where I can go, put my thing on the web and someone will buy it and I'll just drop ship it to them. And, and um, I could do it easily or like you're doing, I'm going to make custom components because I know how to code and mm -hmm. give them a new feature that they, they're not going to get that from Amazon. They're not going to get a custom thing about exactly. how to fit dog chains or like, you know, measure glasses. If I need to like measure glasses and sell our glasses on the web. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, no, definitely. It's like, sometimes you got to, try to be ahead of the curve and, and like see, yeah. see opportunities. That's how people that are successful in, in this game. I mean, cause I always say this, like, I feel like anybody can learn how to code. Right. Yeah. But there's a certain type of individual that sees opportunities like a founder, like a CEO, because right. I always tell people this, you know, sometimes people get stuck in, in the world of, you know, what's faster. You know, I always joke around what's faster for loop or wild loop. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter? Like you, you think the guy that that created uh, Shopify is standing there is like, well, uh, what's faster, uh, for, uh, for loop or while loop? Like, nah. He's like, we got a product, we got an idea, let's build yeah. it. It's the same yeah. thing that happened with Twitter. You know, what if the guys at Twitter, instead of going to use a Ruby on Rails and say, okay, we could build this quick and, and get it out there, instead of that, they just sat down and say, hold on, we got to sit down, we got to figure out how this thing is gonna scale when it gets to. 10 million yeah. users is like, bro, just build it. Just, just put it, it out there. You know, more about you, link lists later. Exactly. <laughs> you can focus about that later on, you know, you know, so I feel like it, it, it definitely is a difference between the guys that just code to code, you know, and, yeah. and the guys that's looking for opportunities as, you know, as business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah, Cause know? like, if you really think about it and people forget about this, they look at Facebook today but in 2008, when Facebook came out, that thing was janky. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like it was all that, you know, like, and then he, cause that's what he did. He just got it and got it out there. And then he's selling it to colleges and stuff like that. And it was kind of mm -hmm. janky. And then it just blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, most people don't want to put their idea out there because they're going to think, oh, it's stupid or I don't know enough or I can't build that. And it's like, they'll laugh at my code. I mean, like, dude, like you're saying, just make it and put it out there. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I'm working on a voice app right now. So that's, that's one of the things I'm working on right now. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I mean, I just, but I'm just going to make it and uh, mm -hmm. put it out there. Yeah, so. no, I mean, that's how it is. You know, everybody got to start somewhere. And just like, you, yeah. said, you know, when uh, freaking Mark Zuckerberg built Facebook, he built it on PHP. What right. if Mark Zuckerberg would have got stuck saying, hold on, maybe we got to figure out which is the fastest language and, and which yeah. one is the one that, that people are going to love. And, and it's like, nah, bro. It's like, it's what do you know? What can you build exactly. with what you already know? 
and just get it out there. If the idea is popping, it's going to be something that's going to become popular. It's going to blow up regardless. You know, it doesn't right. matter. The user doesn't go back and be like, let me inspect Element. Let me find out. Are they using <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've never heard of, of somebody going in and, and, and getting like an advertisement for a product and saying like, hold on, let me use Wappalizer and see what type of stack they're using. It's like, <laughs> nobody's doing that. Well, the only people that's doing that is like it's us developers, but the right. guys that really know, like nobody cares about that. They just focusing on, on getting the product out there. I right. follow a guy called uh, Peter Levels. Uh, Le- his Twitter handle is uh, Levels IO. Um, I've pretty much been following this guy f- since he first uh, released his blog, and like it, it's funny because he he transferred from uh, being somebody who was doing like music. And like sort of like YouTube, and then from there he started traveling, um, you know, throughout Asia, being like, you know, on, on the hype of the digital nomad. I don't know if you remember that a few years ago, where everybody was talking about becoming a digital nomad and working from from home, working from the beach, and being with a laptop. So he actually lived it and said, you know what? While I'm doing this, I'm gonna create a product, and and you know, he built right. a website called Nomad List, which is pretty much just a list of of countries and and cities where you can go to and and you can see how fast is the internet, uh, how much does it take to live there, you know, how much does food cost on average, right? And people could go in and put comments and be like, oh, uh, you know, you could buy a a steak here for $2.50. You could go to another place. You you know what I'm saying? It's like something It's a good idea, but he probably would have never created it if he would have just got stuck on hey man what's the stack that i want to use what's the stack yeah like, exactly like he don't even his whole website is just php then there's no frameworks there's no javascript right. frameworks uh wherever he needs to use any javascript he uses jquery and he's gaining right now like you know he's earning like fifty thousand dollars plus a month you know fifty thousand right. is like his lowest month you know so it's like for guys like myself and, and you we like we respect that. We're like, okay, kids, he's, grinding. <laughs> yeah. he's grinding. Now, yeah. there's a guy over there who's living in his mama's house in the basement. He's like, well, he didn't use the latest Node.js version. And it's like, bro, you're in your mom's house, bro. Like, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're focusing on the wrong thing, you know? But right. it, that's how it is, man. But, yeah, man, let's go back into, you know, Coder Foundry. I mean, when, when did you guys create like you know coder foundry and then had like the first uh class set up you know like how was yeah. that feeling because at one point i kind of wanted to create something like a boot camp but not really right. call it a boot camp uh but it was more like a just a school you know so i was right. wondering like how does that happen how how do you make it happen be like okay i decided to to get a school together i'm gonna find teachers guys who are knowledgeable and can actually teach how does that even start you know so like what it was is um um i went to the whiteboard and like any product designer when i build products and things like that, i go to my whiteboard and i wrote down a question and i still follow it to this day on the boot camp i said what does someone need to know to get a job because i only wanted to make the boot camp if it actually worked so i didn't need another kind of like cash grab you know what I mean? I've already made, I'm making, I've made a nice living doing what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm flying on a private jet, but, I'm, you know, 
I don't have to eat at McDonald's either. Listen, man, uh, my, <laughs> you know, so. my boy Bobby, he's comfy. Okay, he's comfy. He's modest, but he's comfy. Yeah. Let's just put so it like, uh, you know, so like, I decided like, so what I wanted to do was build something that would actually help someone get a job that normally wouldn't learn how to code. And so our boot camp was built in reverse. We said, here's the things that you need to have to build, to show somebody. And then we backed up and said, all right, now what do I got to teach you? Whereas everyone else said, oh, we're going to teach Ruby because it's hot. And I'm like, well, that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, here's the things you need to work on. So we focused on if you got an enterprise job, which is like, you know, that corporate C job that, um, that there's more of those than there are for the startups in San Francisco. And so like, um, that's why we picked .NET. And then we backed up from there and said, here's the projects you got to build. And we keep pushing the envelope of how much stuff someone can build in 12 weeks. You know, you know they work what, 60 hours a week in our boot camp. Yeah, no. And you know what's cool about your boot camp? Everybody here, before anybody kills me, be like, Joe, yeah. you, you've freaking, you've killed every boot camp. You've been, <laughs> and it's true. I've killed almost every boot camp, and, and it's for That's a fine. reason. Yeah. It's for a reason. And, and the reason is because I feel like a lot of times, they don't focus on what's going to get really, really people's jobs, yeah. but more about what's trending at the moment. If you right. see almost every boot camp that's out there, even now, they focus on the Mern stack or whatever is popular that's going to catch people's attention, right? right? Because they see a whole bunch of blogs, a whole bunch of YouTube videos, right? Twitter posts that people was like, oh, I'm using the latest stack and this, this and that. But nobody really sits down and goes and says, you know what? Let's try to find out which one has the most jobs, which right. one has the most opportunities, right? So yeah. one thing that I respect about you guys at Coding Foundry is that you guys are not focusing on what's trending. You're focusing on what's for sure, what's yeah. out there to get you opportunities. So I really like right. that. And I, I like the fact that you guys focus on, on, on .NET and uh, C Sharp and, and the whole enterprise world because that's a whole different world. I mean, I myself, I've, I've never worked in, in in that world because, you know, I'm a, I'm a different type of dude, right? Sure. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I respect it because I know so many friends that they have like really long term careers and in a lot of companies that is like enterprise level. And what they use is .NET. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I've worked yeah. at, at companies where, you know, literally uh, they have. The, the applications of like the, you know, to build the product, the physical product, everything is built with C sharp dot net. Right. So the whole mechanism of the company, then from there, their web services in dot net, then everything else is, is like still in, in that whole Microsoft ecosystem. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it firsthand, you know, I never really touched the back end. I've gotten hired as a front end guy in companies like that, but I see those guys and I'm like, damn, man. And it's like there's even more job security in that world than than anything else that's out yeah. here. You know, so like I had some VCs call me and they wanted to invest in Coder Foundry, but they said I had to start a data science boot camp in order to do it. And I'm like, why would I start a data science boot camp? I mean, we um, and he goes, well, that's the hot thing. And I, I was explaining to him, like, no, here's the thing you need to know about data science. And I'm saying I'm going to save you one hundred million dollars right now. <laughs> Data science will get easier and easier and easier to use. It's not a coding language. It's a thing you do. It's like saying that I'm going to build a website. And so like, and now I'm, I'm 
my, I'm proven right because now you see all these low code or no code options like power apps that says, hey, just stick some data in there and it trains your model. And and so and now you have all these boot camps out there teaching R or whatever. And it's just going to it's it's going to get consumed by these low code and no code options. And so you've got to stay focused on in the boot camp world. What will get someone a job? You know, yeah. and I think we, we stay on that. And I've always said I'm .NET right now, probably .NET easily the next two years. But if something shifted yeah, and something changed, I'd be right out there and go, you know, react. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because I think that's that's the thing that if that was getting them jobs, then that's I would shift it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, that's just kind of I just want to help someone break into the industry just like you do at Coding Face. I mean, like show them something where they can actually make money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm all about. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's crazy that you guys went that route. I mean, because think about it. I, I started in 2011, just learning how to code. My first right. website, I built it when I was like 14, but I never really touched it. I messed around in like 2008, 2009 with WordPress creating at the time I was doing music and stuff like that. So I would create like my own little websites, but not really coding. It's just like spinning up a one-click button WordPress website and and that's it. But in 2011, that's when I really started learning how to code. And then I remember back then, you know, the same things that I'm seeing right now with the Mern stack and with yeah. all the, you know, not to mention just the Mern stack, but all the different things that I keep seeing that keep popping up. I'm like, I saw the same thing in 2011, 2012 with Ruby on Rails, where everybody was just jumping on this thing and nobody was really doing the research, you know, because when you look at it, you know, all those people that were taking those those boot camps and, and, and creating them and, and saying, hey, man, we're going to create just, you know, Ruby on Rails, Ruby on Rails. Everybody had Ruby on Rails uh, boot camps and at that time. So it's just crazy that you guys had the vision ahead of time. It's like, bro, we got to focus with where the jobs is at. And sometimes people forget that. Like, right. are we here for, you know, to go for the thing that gets views or the things that actually goes and gets you a job? You know, right. it's like right now, like even my, my channel, my channel gets like, well, like 3,000, 4,000 views. But I feel like the the advice and, and the experience that I'm giving to people here is is going to be more beneficial than somebody comes in and gets 100,000 views because at the end of the day, they're not giving you something that is going to get you a job. They're giving right. you something that if, I feel like people don't understand how this world works of like, mm-hmm. it's like clickbait or uh, freaking thumbnails and, and you know, right. whatever's trending, let's get into an algorithm. Let's, let's create something. And it's like everybody piggybacks off the next person. You know what right. I'm saying? So at the end of the day, nobody really cares about uh, the student success or making sure that people, you know, try to to get their job and, and get their income. And even if they live in a country, which is I'm, I'm super big on uh, for people that live in, you know, outside of the U.S., if you live outside of the U.S., right, I try to give you the things that you can still make income from your home, from where you at. So you don't be at home be like, damn, I, I can't get a job. I wish I was in the U.S. Boo hoo. Like, nah, bro. It's like, there's dudes right now like that I see on, on on Twitter from India. It's like, yo, I'm here in the mountains, you know, working, coding on a Shopify app and, and you know, creating an application, making $20,000 a month. You know what I'm saying? Guys that's living here don't even make that. You know, so right. I try to give people that that type of knowledge. But I, that's one thing that I like about you is like you're very level-headed and like, 
you understand what this thing is about. Like, that's what I like about you, man. Yeah. So like, I like, um, and so like we had a guy that came to the boot camp um, this year and he's in Puerto Rico and he got, we got him a job in Puerto Rico and it was such a culture shock for us. Cause we didn't, we don't speak Spanish. We were, you know, <laughs> so like it was really, really hard, but the, the dude walked out of there 50 K in Puerto Rico. And it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, in other words, like you can change a whole neighborhood by doing things like that. And it's not about, it's not about me. It's about that guy. And, um, you know, he took it virtually. Um, and we have as another guy from Puerto Rico now coming in, we had a guy that was in guitar this year. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, just trying to, um, just spread the knowledge around, but do the things that will help them get a, uh, a job is the main thing that I'm about. Yeah. You know? Now, um, going into you know like dot net right and the yeah. ecosystem. I yeah. mean, can can you explain a little bit? You know, like how does that work? You know, because I know a, a little bit about it. I'm not gonna yeah. say I'm an expert. You know, my expertise has always been uh, JavaScript. You know, PHP, uh, Ruby right. Rails. Right. I was in that world. You know, yeah. but dot um, net. I'm like I don't I don't really know that much. I just remember like a few years. You know, they announced .NET Core. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so the .NET Core and then soon to be, like, in, like, two or three weeks, it'll be .NET 5. Um, what that means is I can now build a website that normally, back in the day, I had to run it on something like ISS for a web server. And now I can ship that to Linux. Okay. And it'll run in Linux. It'll run. And so, like, in our boot camp right now, we are taking .NET applications and running them in Heroku in a oh. container and that's i mean we may in fact we, we were working with the roku guys and they told us will that work and we're like yeah it'll work it's that's how dotnet rolls and so like so it's open source but in general what you get with an asp.net site is like you're going to write a server-side processing so if you've done php or node you know what i'm talking about something that executes on the mm -hmm. server and then on the front end you bind your elements with something called razor with React, you have different components on the front end, and it's no different with .NET. It just doesn't use um, JavaScript to do that, and so everything's kind of a postback. Mm -hmm. But it has all of this stuff in there that, like, you can scaffold a model, and you have instant CRUD pages, and so you're super, super productive. And then when you want to use, say, React or Vue on the front end, you absolutely can and replace that uh, that kind of razor page front end with something like pure JavaScript. So it's very flexible. And then on high-end workloads, it's blazingly fast, like stupidly fast. And like a lot of people think it's not, but it's like, it's it's crazy fast. Um, yeah. And so when you're, when you're working in the enterprise, those are some of the concerns that people come and run, in, that run into. And then it's just you know, it's super easy now to deploy it with Docker and containers. So that makes it really easy to deploy now. Um, so that's kind of what .NET is. I can go into more detail if you want. But yeah, like, no, no, no. But C Sharp's your main language, just like you would if you're writing something in Node and JavaScript. Uh -huh. um, you write, you know, you have controllers in the back end. And like, you know, those are like, they, they're just functions that um, listen on HTTP. And you can write code in there and hit the database, uh -huh. process things on the back end, and then, return that object to the front end and then bind it up like you would with react or javascript or anything like that well that's cool man yeah no it, to me I, i've used c sharp uh mm -hmm. mainly for you know like game development you know mm -hmm. whenever, whenever i'm like okay i want to hop in you know something like unity 
Yeah. Then I might use a little C sharp, but I never really used it professionally. So I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, because even like when I, I was like starting up, you know, back in the days, even before probably like 2007, 2008, um, I remember I used to go to so many websites and I don't know if it was an extension at the end, dot ASP. Yeah, active like, server pages, yeah. Yeah, so I remember seeing that through everywhere, you know. Yeah. Like, n- nowadays, I mean, what companies are using uh, ASP.net? Everybody's using that. So, like, any enterprise company that you're going to go into, they're running .net in the shop, for sure. Um, now, what I'm seeing a lot of people doing is they're they're using Azure with a lot of microservices or web APIs. And they're using C-sharp as the primary backend language for that. And then they're hooking those into Vue.js um, and or React. And so, but there's also a lot of just straight up plain ASP sites that if you go to your hardware company down the street and they need an inventory control system, they're probably building it in .NET. You know? Yeah, that's like, you know, the, like I was saying before, the time that I, I had any type of experience with .NET, that's yeah. how it was. Like I was working at an e-commerce company and what they did was they did glasses. The guy who yeah. had built the whole infrastructure, you know, with communicating with uh, the machines, you know, with the scanners, everything was yeah. it was like literally a .NET, right? It was like a .NET application or it was a, uh, yeah, .NET. But I was just like in shock. I was like, damn, I didn't even know that, you know, all of this was connected to this this yeah. whole mainframe. Yeah. So C Sharp will run anywhere now. So like it'll run, you can build a Windows app with it. So um, it's still the primary way to build Windows apps today. Um, you can run it on Mac as a native uh, Mac OS app. You can build a website with it. Um, they have Xamarin, which you can build your back end um, and all your mobile phone stuff, which we teach in the class. And then you talked about Unity. So like Unity game development, you can write C Sharp. And then Unreal Engine is now adopting C Sharp as the language for, for some of their scripting things on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it runs embedded. So like Adreno and all those kind of small boards and like those mm-hmm. like Raspberry Pi. It runs natively there as well. And then you have things like Azure where you're running like, I want to do like vision or I want to do speech to text recognition. I want to do um, machine learning, ML.net, all of those things run inside of C Sharp. So when we tell people to learn a language, now not only are they using a language, they already know the language. Now they apply that to the platform they want to use it on. And that makes you very versatile. Okay. Now, like, you know, from, from your students, um, Anything that you could tell us, like, as far as, like, the type of industry that mostly, you know, hires, like, uh, .NET developers, you know, like, uh, is there, like, any specific ones? Because I know, like, the Ruby on Rails world is more, like, quick startups that's just popping up with new ideas, right? You got the the Merge stack is usually also, too, like, more in, in, uh, you know, major cities, you know, like New York City, San Francisco. LA, Austin, I see a lot of jobs over there. So I wonder, like, what's like, is there like an industry that you will say, okay, the hospitals, the healthcare system, the, you know, is there like a, you know what I mean? Like an industry. Banking. Banking? <laughs> so like you can go to Bank of America, you can go to Wells Fargo, you can go to anywhere like that. And they're running, um, they run a lot of COBOL, obviously, but um, they're interfacing those COBOL systems. Um, with a lot of .NET code. Um, so in North Carolina, you may not know this, but Charlotte, North Carolina was like 
the home to every major bank for the longest period of time. Um, and so like, even though you had New York, they always called um, Charlotte the big banking town. And then we had um, what used to be called Wachovia, which is now Wells Fargo, was based here, right here, 20 miles from my house. And it's called Winston-Salem. And uh, we all, it was all .NET. Everything in there was .NET. But if you went to Indeed.com right now and just type in C-Sharp Developer, there's 24,000 opening jobs in America right now to this morning. I looked this morning. And so that just tells you how many open positions there are for .NET developers and they cross all industries. Wow. So I've worked in personally, I've worked in like a company that um, works on Calipiller, the big Mack trucks, Volvo right here um, in Winston, C-Sharp. Um, and then I've worked in a place called Analog Devices and um, they build all of the mobile and modem chips that runs all cell towers pretty much around the world. And their test bed and all that kind of stuff, we built that in .NET as well. So, like, it just crosses all the industries because it, the, literally, the the language runs everywhere. Yeah, I also too want to mention like uh, a lot of uh, you know different sections of the government uh, using. Yeah. I have like two uh, ex-military friends who are developers, and and that's what they do. They all do like .NET and right. like you know most of the guys that that need a clearance is like okay yeah you need a clearance for this type yeah. of work usually all they could tell me they don't tell me what type of projects they're working on yeah. they, all this says we work with dotnet that's all we could say joe right we're catching terrorists but we were we used dotnet to do it <laughs> we, can't you, we can't tell you much but no yeah. and, and that's cool man that's the thing you know uh well i feel like you know what you guys do over there is different because is it's so broad in the sense of like so many different opportunities in different mm-hmm. industries, you know, and I think C-sharp.net is, it's also, it's one of those things that is not going to go away. The, no. the day that it goes away, you know, is like, we're outside, like, you know, Mad Max, you know? Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Someone blew up Texas, you know? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like the world is gone. Like, yeah, exactly. there's, there's other things we got to worry about. You right, know, that, yeah. that's how, how, you know, how sure I am of, C sharp and, and .net that because it's just I've seen it from like even back in the days like I'm talking about yeah. like 2000 you know 2001 when I built my first Dragon Ball Z website and I was yeah. just with like regular PHP back then all the way till now and I'm like this thing's still not it's like I always say this PHP and and C sharp .net right are like the two zombies that nobody could kill. <laughs> It's like exactly. it's like the Walking Dead. Everybody says this is dead or this this is not popular no more. Nobody uses right. this. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about. I see him walking every single day right through here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the thing that you can absolutely like um, rely on is that it's backed by Microsoft. And so a lot of people say, well, React is the future. And really, what you're doing is you're you're buying into either Facebook makes React. And so do you think that Facebook is going to lead the way? Or do you think Microsoft or Google is going to lead the way? And what I always have said, like, if I'm picking a mobile platform right now, I'm not picking React Native to do that because I don't know if they're just going to quit doing it. They don't make a phone. There's no reason they have to make it. Whereas Google has Flutter. Mm -hmm. Microsoft has Xamarin. Microsoft is a tooling company, a language company. Google is, you know, they've they've got Android. They've got all those things running. And I just feel like when you look at when the chips are down, Facebook is a social media company and everyone can say, well, they'll never die. And I'm like, 
MySpace yeah. says hello. I mean, like, I mean uh, it can happen, <laughs> you know, whereas Microsoft and Google, they're kind of like part of the industry, you know, like, yeah, no, like no. that's Tom, why that's the way I look at it. Tom is somewhere right now. It's like, hey, guys, remember me? Like, yeah. <laughs> remember your friend? You know, like, yeah. It's like it, it can happen, bro. Yeah, you know, you, you have a point, and you know, I think that's something that a lot of, of the big companies also too they focus on, like, uh, yeah. what can we rely on? Like, and this is like going back to what we were saying earlier. Like, you know, a lot of people don't understand the difference between something that's trending, right, and something right. that it's already known has been battle tested, been proven right. that like, yo. No matter what, this thing is going to be here for a long time, you know, because right. I've seen this since like the beginning of time, since I learned that there was programming out there, I've seen some type before it was just ASP. Like I don't, you know, .NET was after, but I remember even when you go to the libraries, I remember as a little kid, you, you go in there, it's like uh, HTML for dummies and, and this is, and right next to it is like. ASP, it's yeah. still evolving to this day. Now we got yeah. .NET Core, Razor, Xamarin. We got all of those things, this whole ecosystem, and it's just crazy. Right. It's like so what, what I want to tell all the people out here, because I see some of the comments coming in, is like um, a lot of people I talk to, and I think you do the same thing, is like they want to learn something because they want to break into coding, and they want to take, they want to learn the newest thing. And I think when you don't know anything and you're trying to get one job, just you're trying to get your very first job, learn the thing that's in demand right now. It doesn't have to be cutting edge. The people that are doing cutting edge stuff already have a job. They already know five languages. And that's why I can, I can work on, um, you know, voice recognition stuff right now because I already know how to code. I can build a website. I can do all these things. And so, so many people I talk to want to know like eight languages, you know, like, and they won't break in because, they won't focus on the one thing that'll get them a job. And that can be .NET. And I say this on my channel all the time. It can be React. It can be Vue. And what I tell people all the time, for the love of God, pick one of them and get a job. You know, it's like quit messing around and just, and you know, and that's what I love about coding phase and what you're doing is you're showing them like, hey, latch on to Shopify. Because like, if you, if you nail that thing, you can make money doing that. And I think, and that's perfect. You know, and I think once you're making money, then you have options and then you can learn something new or learn something else or add another stack. Um, that's the problem, I think, where people breaking in or asking this guy, what should I learn? And he tells them what he's learning right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell them what he's being paid to do. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm all over some um, the Django or some Dino right now. Yeah. That's that's what you need to do, you know, and like. Dino was hot for what six days or something like that. I mean, like everyone told us it was going to take over the world, and then like no one talked about it. Bro, you know? we've seen that happen so many times. <laughs> I know. And now I don't even lift a finger when I see something popping up. I'm like, bro, I'll wait two years from now. Two uh, years. Give me two years. <laughs> if it's here in two years from now, okay, I'll pay attention to it. Yeah. Like, now I, I don't pay attention to things that that is just trending because I already yeah. know how this this works. Like I'm. Even I myself, I'm in the other side, the other, uh, the other side of the screen. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I know exactly what I need to create to get views. I know exactly what I need to create and talk yeah. about to get popular, right? But what do we care about? You know, it's like I'm not here. Yeah. Me personally, I'm not here for uh, becoming a YouTuber and and getting a million views because the views is not really where my income is coming from. I'm focusing on things where I can, you know 
make money from and, and I can yeah. actually touch. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and sometimes some people they don't understand that. They don't understand how you know it's like when people say, Oh, fake news and this and that. Sometimes there is fake news out there, there but is. you gotta understand it's like that's how they make their money. They don't make their money by giving you the 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 right news, the 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 truthful thing. And it's like I saw the other day uh, on the news is like uh, a guy a guy kills a, a family of four crossing the street. I'm like, it caught my attention, but when I clicked yeah. on it, I start reading. I'm like, wait, hold on. He didn't kill him. It, it was more like he didn't get to the hospital on time. I'm like, yeah, exactly. the title got me. I'm like, damn, he killed a family of four. I'm like, <laughs> like, he was an Uber driver. He didn't get there on time. And it's yeah. like, it like, okay, do we listen to the title? You know what I mean? Like, And this is right. the same thing that happens here on programming and, and like, you know, in the community. It's just sometimes there's a lot of stuff that people put out there. And, and just like how you were saying, sometimes the, the person who's giving you an advice is not really giving you an advice for your benefit. It might be just, this is what they're what they're doing, right? And, right. and they're yeah. in a position that they're blessed. It's like, you know, when somebody comes in and says, oh, you got to be learning the latest thing and this, 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 and that, and all this stuff. And it's like, but do you use that? And then when you go in and, and you look at the LinkedIn and you look at, at their company and you're like, but you use PHP. <laughs> you're a .NET developer. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's like, yeah, you're talking to, and telling people about something that, you don't even use you use it on your own time. You're privileged at, at that point because you yeah. already have the job. You already right. you're there, and now you have that freedom to create and, and and dabble in things. But the person that's like, man, I got two more months before my savings go away, right? That person doesn't have that 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 freedom. Right. They just oh, I'm just gonna work on whatever is popular. You know what I mean? Right. They, they need to make it happen today. Make it happen today. Right. And so like you just pick the thing that you can think you can get a job with. The other thing, too, I want to encourage the, the your, your guys out there, too, is like, don't listen to these gatekeepers. Um, don't listen to these guys that tell you you can't do it. I had a guy that came to a boot camp and uh, he was uh, and I don't mind saying it. He was an African-American kid. He had a college degree, but he's working at a bank. Mm-hmm. And he came back into me and he says, these dudes told me that I didn't know enough about hash tables and data structures and that I should just quit my job and um, go back to school. And he says, I'm really thinking about quitting my job. And I'm like, I looked him dead inside. I said, are they paying you every week? And he goes, yeah. And he was making lots of money. I said, then why the heck would you go back to school to learn something so you can get the same job that you already have? I said, these guys are threatened by your age, your energy, and that um, and they're trying to hold you back. They're trying to be a gatekeeper. And I don't want I want people to understand that in this industry, there's a lot of people that will throw all these terms at you and make you feel like, oh, I don't know enough to get a job. I'm like, and you've said it before, man. If you know HTML and CSS, you can actually get a job. <laughs> that means not like you don't have to know all that to get a job. And um, I just want people to realize that don't listen to those gatekeepers. Um, they're trying to keep you out of the industry because they feel like they got to protect their own. Mm-hmm. And um, and where people like me and you, we're trying to say, no, nah, just go get it. It's okay. I mean, they're gonna, you know. Yeah, no, be, be, do it. there's plenty of work out there for everybody. Yeah, and, and you know what it is? It's also too so many people they think like you know this this a culture in what I what I call the Dungeons and Dragons guys, the yeah. guys who are playing with Yu Gi Oh cards. It's, it's like a high school. This whole right. thing is like a high school. You know, 
There's the guys that that's the jocks. There's the the girls who are cheerleaders. There's the guy playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the guys playing with Dungeons and Dragons on a table, right? Most of those guys playing Dungeons and Dragons and Yu-Gi-Oh cards are the guys who are developers and they're in, in their own crowd, in their own group, right? You come in as just, hey, uh, I'm just a regular guy coming through. I'm a like, regular Joe, yeah. A regular <laughs> Joe. You trying to come in here. It's like, hold on, you can't get in here. You're not smart enough. You didn't. You wasn't coding in '95. You wasn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you wasn't with me shooting at the gym. You know what I mean? Like some people, like right. <laughs> like people, they come in and and they're like trying to protect what they have and try to make things that's more difficult. Somebody uh, hit me up one time in in my in my courses. So in all of my videos of, of my online courses at codingphase.com, you could leave a comment, right? Right. So as people learn, if I was to go to show you all of the comments that I get constantly in there, it's people that come in and was like, I tried this platform, I tried this platform. Joe, you just make it click. You just make it simple. You make yeah. it where I can understand it and now you actually just take me straight into the project and, and we're building something right away. In other places, I feel like I didn't know enough or they were throwing me a whole bunch of big words to sound like, you know, like people, uh, they want to sound smart. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like yeah. a guy who, who goes in and reads the dictionary and throws you a whole bunch of words to say, you know what, pass me that water bottle. And it's like, why don't you just say pass me the water bottle? But I do is like, right. can you pass me that delicate liquid with this? And this? <laughs> <laughs> just say pass me the water bottle keep it simple because yeah. regular people talk you know so i try to make it just normal where you know the guy who just came off uber the guy who was just a truck driver the guy who was just working at a warehouse he could come in and feel comfortable and feel like oh shoot i'm actually building something that looks right. good, that works that i could say you know what shit and now i got the confidence to go apply to a yeah. job and then little do they know that everything that we've been building is exactly what they're going to be doing at the job. You know, right. only difference is I'm not trying to sound like I'm like the most uh, sophisticated dude. I'm the most smartest. Yeah. Guy. I'm not trying to do no conference. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I, don't, I don't get likes and, 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 you know, in comments when I go to a conference, I don't go to a conference. I'm right. not the guy. Well, my, my goal is to translate this thing that seems difficult and make it simpler for the average person. That's it. Yeah. You know? I get comments from people like, you know, like they want to know what my hacker rank is. And I had to go look it up to see what it was. And they're like, aren't you into competitive programming? I'm like, no, man, I watch the NBA. <laughs> you know, like, like typically when I'm writing a website that people are paying me to do, I don't have to do it in 30 minutes or less. You know, I've got like a week, I've got a sprint, you know, and you know, it's like I'm working on things that make money and I don't have yeah. to do that at breakneck speed all the time. Um, yeah. And so, and, and that's what I want people to understand too. Like, you know, you go to a hacker rank and people will think, well, if I can't do that, I can't get a job. I'm like, you can get a job. Trust yeah. me. You can get that sweet nine to five gig, fix eight or nine bugs a week, go home, get a 401k, have a nice, easy life. It's not yeah. like hacker rank. You don't have to know what a link list is necessarily. Yeah. You know, or, or a binary tree, transverse yeah. a binary tree. You don't have to do that. Typically we're fixing websites, you know? Yeah. 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 No. And you know, that sounds exactly the same as somebody who hit me up the other day on a comment on a video and said, "Yeah, you don't even have a personal GitHub account. Hey, 
looking at this dude. I'm like, I'm on bid bucket, bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> we actually pay for it. <laughs> you have to pay for it. I, I'm not putting my code to the world. When I'm building things that's gonna generate income for me, right? I'm in a different lane, bro. Like yeah. I'm now. I did that already. I did that <laughs> my first year. You will see. I had all greens. I even took that account down. I said, "Give me that. I don't need to have this on the internet. I have right. projects that I could still reuse." And and at the same time, it's like I don't make no money. Like for me, I'm like I love open source, but I'm not the open source guy. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. <laughs> Like that's for somebody else. I appreciate it. And what I do is I support and I, I donate to most of the, you know, like developers that I use their their code. I try to give right. my little $20 here. You know, I'm a big supporter of Crystal Lang. I might go in and give like a hundred dollars a month to Crystal Lang, which is a, a programming language that I, I really enjoy. But it, those guys are doing it for open source, right? That's not me. Everything that I do comes with a bag. And that bag, to see that code, you're going to have to pay a bag. You know what I mean? That's like one guy, I remember one time he was like, oh, we've got, me and you could go live on, on was it, co-wars or something like that? Yeah, we could exactly. and, and back and forth. And let's see who's a better developer. I'm like, bro, you got to come to me. Are we going to do this shit like a freestyle battle? You got to come here with $100,000 and then me and you will go and, and, and waste that time. Because I'm not going to go on and battle somebody on co wars. I'm like, I'm not making no money. I'm not going to give you an hour of my time to, you know, yeah. to make you happy. Like, that's, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like sometimes yeah. people got to understand it's like, it, there's levels to this thing. You know, there's guys that, that, that think that's important. But for guys like ourselves, it's like, we focus on the product. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never gone to a job interview and they'd be like, Okay, Joe, uh, reverse this tree and go to this map. We're going to give you a map and try to get to from this street to this next street and see how you could get there faster. I'm like, bro, if they give me that, I'm walking away. I'm like, bro, you already seen the type of projects I worked on. You see the yeah. companies I have worked on. I'm not going to waste my time, man. I'm not going to waste yeah. your time. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> if I'm building websites, why am I doing this? I'm not going to. Exactly. Gonna... <laughs> like, <laughs> You get what I'm saying? It's like, for what? That's like, uh, I remember one time we was interviewing a kid and um, one guy, right, uh, who was a co-worker came in with a freaking uh, three-page paper of, like, questions that he found. He's like, this is what they're asking at Google. And I looked at him like, bro, throw that away, bro. Like, are we going to be using any of those things that they're asking for in there? He's like, no. It's like, we need a guy that knows Laravel, that knows how to use React, and that can hit the ground running on Monday and can be an asset to the team. I don't care about if he practiced for six months to pass this interview. What I care about is can he help us? You know, yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's so, it, man. And, and, and so many people think, and I'm going to give someone some hope out here right now. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've never, ever written a bubble sort. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've never been asked to write one. I don't think I ever will be asked to write one. I mean, like, so like, and then, and then that's like this popular interview question people put out there. Can you write a bubble sort? And I'm like, uh, and that was sequels for. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, why are we doing this right now? Like, yeah. What are we doing here? What are you, what are you trying to build? You know, you're building bubble sorts here. <laughs> you're a bubble sort company. So yeah. like, uh, I just think that, uh, People get intimidated by this, like the words and the language that we put around things, and it keeps them from even trying. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just want people out there to try, just look into it and just try. 
you know? No, definitely. I think, you know, for a lot of people, man, it's just how you were saying, there's gatekeepers, there's people that that want to make this seem more complicated than what it is. You know, even now, I feel like, and even in the industry, there's a lot of people that, you know, that's coming into the industry that they want to flex their engineering degrees. And they want to over-engineer things that were simple six months ago. And then they're like, you know what, let's create this library that's going to save us uh, half of a kilobyte in, in, in a freaking JavaScript uh, web module and, and freaking whatever. And then now we're going to go in, you got to use this library that we wrote and it's just going to take forever for you to learn. And then it's like, if you didn't understand this, like, nope, nobody told you to not know about functional programming, about know about freaking <laughs> a bunch of other shit. You're like, wait, are we making websites or are we just... <laughs> what are we doing here, man? <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody... <laughs> So we probably got some coders upset though. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Shout out to my boy Betis Go say, hey, not all you not all you your players do that. <laughs> I'm more of a magic man myself. So you know, yeah, but, you know, it's like that's why I always say I joke around because I, the thing is that I always find like when I used to go to a lot of companies, you know, and, and work in, in different teams, and we would go to lunch, and I, I will always see like a couple of guys just fucking pulling out. But Dungeons and Dragons on lunch. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm looking around like, like, what is this? This is junior <laughs> high school. And it's right. like, <laughs> that's what I said. Yo, when dudes come up with a Yu-Gi-Oh card, and like the next week after that, some dudes say, you, you guys play Yu-Gi-Oh? I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, bro, what's going on in this world? Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? like, <laughs> but this were the people who were trying to tell me that I need to step it up or hey, uh, you need to build uh, your code like us and this, this, and that. I'm like, I don't need to build anything. Does it work? Okay, good. Good job. Right. The CEO comes right. in, everything gets done. While you guys is overly engineering shit for no reason, trying yeah. to create... I remember there was a situation, there was a guy who... Um, it was actually a girl, but uh, a lady. She was an older lady. We told her to create just a regular page. It was in, like, in Laravel, right? Uh, basically, it's like a table, right? Yeah. Instead of her going in and and like using the properties that were there already, because you do a get request, it returns back all of the data in a JSON file, right? She instead of going in and looking at at that and say, okay, this is title, this is price, this is this and that, she created a whole system to go into the database, look at the table. Freaking do a for loop of like every every freaking column within the table, come back, spit it out, send it back in JSON, and she wasted like four days doing some crazy complicated things. I'm like, do you understand? Like Laravel gives you this by default, and she's right, like, yeah. oh, you never know in the future. We just future proofed it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, you, you didn't future proof nothing. Nobody. <laughs> How many components and people create components in React that they'd be like, I'm going to future-proof this component. Spend two weeks working on one component, and then people come back and say, bro, we're never going to use that. Next week, they just come in and it's like, scrape that, you know, just take it off the the whole website. And that happens all the time. Sometimes people don't don't understand, like, how often this thing happens. This happens all the time when somebody comes in, joins a team, and says, 
I want to flex my engineering muscles. And it's like, nah, bro, just make shit simple. Because yeah. five years from now, this same code is still going to be here. You're probably not going to be in this company. And then what's going to happen is like, now we got to go in and search into classes and classes and classes of like uh, crazy components of just to figure out what the hell you wrote. You know, yeah, we just want to see the address on the page. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go in there and, and dudes is using crazy uh, abbreviations. It'll be like ADS address. I'm like, yeah, address. Well, then you just call the address. So we know, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna tell you a quick story and this is part of my origin story. And just to tell, so I can like let people know how simple some of this stuff is. I was caught into a bank and, um, and I knew the guy there and they were having a fraud problem. And, uh, I went there and looked at it and I wrote a simple, um, like store procedure that solved this fraud problem. It didn't have an app. It didn't have a UI. You had to run it by hand. And, but it saved them $50,000 a day. That simple script that went back and took it, they hired me to write the big app, which then I took that big app and turned it into a company that I sold in 2018. And it's because I didn't over engineer the first thing. I just fixed it. You know, like I wasn't even worried about like, you know, what I had to build or put a fancy website around it or even a, like a Windows app. I just fixed it with a script. And um, and that's what people need to understand. Just build it, make it work. And then you can go back and refactor later. Mm -hmm. uh, so many people try to worry about what what what's the right thing I should do right now today. And they're not worried about fixing it. And it's the same way learning to code. So they're trying to learn like I need to learn eight languages. Just pick one, man. Just pick one and learn it. Just start building stuff, you know, and make it simple. Yeah, you don't no. have to be you don't have to be complex or flex like you were saying. It's yeah. really not. It's not that hard. Yeah, no. And I just think like. Sometimes, you know, you just got to make it work, right? Make yeah. it work initially. And you could always come back and, and find different ways yeah. where you might say, you know what, this thing took, you know, uh, 500 lines of code. We could bring this thing down to 100. And then from there, a year from now, a new library might come out and you might use that and say, you know what, everybody, the whole industry is using this. Now we might break this down into 20 lines of code. Like, mm -hmm. you always come back to it. You know, sometimes people, they, they get caught in, in that world of, I want to future proof this when there's times in, in businesses that it's time sensitive. You know, yeah. I give you a, a very good example. I was working at a company and this was like super startup. Like this was like the place was like on, on top of a bar. Like the, the office was on top of a bar. That's that's, you know, how of a of a startup it was it's like there's yeah. no money in there it was just like the owner had an idea we had to build it etc right and everybody in there was like uh you know what let's go and and build this from scratch i'm telling them hey can we use something that's proven php laravel etc uh, we could do it okay i said cool <laughs> let's do it six months later after they build this whole uh, amazing system that they believe it was amazing. I'm just there like, okay, they just rebuilt the whole fucking wheel. Everything that's yeah. been done in Laravel or Ruby on Rails or Django, they just rebuilt the, the wheel, pretty much wasted the money of the owner, right? Because now you, the owner is just paying you for no results. You're just creating something for you, for your own amusement, right? Yeah. And whatever, 
it was time sensitive, like real time sensitive. We was going to come out with the first, it was like a training for EPA and certifications and a whole bunch of things. And these guys, they wasted the the time on doing that. Then not only that, then we had to rewrite the whole co- the whole uh, project in Laravel. Then we had to rewrite the whole project because they wanted to do it with Angular, Angular 1. And I'm like, yo, all the problems that we're having with Angular 1, React has already solved. So mm-hmm. switch over. They're the ones that they think they knew everything. Of course, when you're the new guy at the company, whoever's been there for a while gets seniority and, yeah, and yeah. they're listening to that guy. I said, okay, cool. By the time we was done, almost a year later with the project, like the competitors have created the same websites in like the, the type of website that we needed to create. They had already created it with just like basic PHP. No JavaScript, no like no animations, no all the things that we were trying to do was already a waste of time because the competitors came in, they launched it, the websites, their websites look like shit. But at the end of the day, because they were the first one, that's it. They got that initial initial flood of uh, of people that needed that that training. And then now we're looking around. I'm just like, okay, cool. And, And every day somebody's getting fired. Every day I'm like. Everybody is getting let go. At the end, I got let go. And I was just like thinking in my head, I'm like, look at these guys, man. The smartest guys. They put the smartest guy. They put Einstein ahead of this shit. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think what happened there, which happens a lot on projects, is we're, we're tasked with building an application. And for some reason, we get tasked to build an app. We think we have to build a framework. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, why aren't you using like another framework that's already built? You know, and like everyone wants to reinvent the wheel all the time. And and the, la- the the thing that really burns me up is when I hear things like, oh, I'm not going to use React. It sucks. I'm like, what do you mean it sucks? I mean, like, it's, there's $100 million in React. I mean, like, it doesn't suck. I mean, like, you know, why are you rebuilding your own tippling engine? You know what I mean? Like, like, there's three. We can pick Angular. We can pick Vue. We can pick React. What are you doing, man? I mean, so, like, and it sounds like a lot of teams end up building frameworks and plumbing instead of building the app. That's The app is the thing that's going to make money. And you can look at it over and over again, man. How fancy is google's web page <laughs> it's like it's been a button in an in a input box for like as long as i can remember i mean that's just that's all it is and look look at warren buffett's website go look at his website it looks like it was built in 1995 <laughs> warren buffett's making bank <laughs> you know <laughs> so like uh it's funny i mean so like um and it's not that we shouldn't code it's just that don't over-engineer it. And then I think people, when they're in the learning process, they overthink the what should I learn process. And um, I'm just trying to convince everyone to listen. Just learn one thing, do that. And like you say, make bank or make a, you know, stack a bag or whatever. You know, I can't say it as cool as I, you can. I, but like, I put yeah. the bag in a bag because the bag <laughs> is the bag. You know what I mean? Like, I put a bag in a bag because <laughs> the bag, it's the bag. You get what I'm saying? Exactly, like, yeah. Writing down, you could have that's poetry right there. Somebody yeah. go in and be like, I put the bag in the bag. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you can make it happen. Just yeah. get yourself out there, guys. You know, stop wasting time. You know, stop wasting, wasting time. time. You know, and, and and really just look at the things that is for sure. You know, don't look at yeah. the things that's trending, don't look at uh, you know, another thing uh, that I want to get into before we, yeah. we get out of here. 
because I know you're, you're Bobby's time is valuable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. waste his time, but we so, gotta get some gems out of him. You know what okay. I mean? But look, you know, a lot of people think that their first job needs to be a hundred thousand mm. dollars. Right? A lot of people come in and, and see this uh sexy titles on on a freaking blog post or a Twitter post or or even another boot camp that just comes in and just like literally this is what they do. They they find that specific student that comes in and says, Hey, this guy who was living in San Francisco who was uh, already had a computer science degree that we trained him for you know X amount of weeks. The guy was already a good developer, but hadn't low self-esteem. We just gave him a little pat on the back and said, hey, buddy, go out there. And then now he got a job for $100,000. And you're at home. You're like, wait, I just came off Uber, bro. I'm Why I can't get that $100,000 job right away? Exactly. Why I can't get those opportunities? Like Everybody has a different journey. Everybody's on, on a different time, right? A different background. Uh, again, but... What you have to know is that you can get there. You're in yeah. a career that once you start, you're already on that path. Like nothing is going to stop you unless you're one of those individuals that decide to stop yourself. There's people that come in and say, hey, I, I'm comfortable with this company. They pay me 60000 You know, that company is never going to take you to 100000 I've never heard anybody that, that said, I'm going to start at, at $60,000 at a company. And the next year, they say, damn, he's such a great developer. We're going to give him $100,000. Now, nah. right. company's owner, his job is to maximize the income and, and the, you know, the, yeah. the income that's coming in. Just because you're a good worker doesn't mean that now they're going to come and, and, and give you all the money that you want. Yeah. So if you get stuck there, that's on you. But you have to always continue to grow. You're always going to get there, you know, to make $100,000, you know, in the beginning, it feels like it's a lot. But when I'm telling you, once you're here for like two years, you start looking at them like, that's not really money like that, you know, because yeah. the offers is going to come to you. You know, right. you know, and and a lot of people get stuck in that world of like, man, I will, if, if I don't get that $100,000 job, I'm not taking it. Yeah. Let me let me tell you, if I can, if I can show you something in my book and I, I don't know if you can see this. Mm hmm. But I got this chapter right here. And you know what it says right there? It says, when you get an offer, let me look at it. It says, take the first job. Yeah. And um, I have people who come from my boot camp that they get off 55000 They were working at Uber when they got there. And they're like, that's not enough. And I'm like, dude, just take the job. Because what's more important than, than, a, uh, than a paycheck is experience. And you know, once you put that one year on that resume, that 50,000 job will turn into a $70,000 job. And I had a kid in here that came to our boot camp and I came to him and I said, I got you an offer. And, it's, and you know, it's, it's 50,000. Here's the catch though. It's in West Virginia. <laughs> you know, like you're going to have to move to West Virginia to do it. And I said, but listen, man, if you just do it for six months, I promise you, you'll get, uh, you'll get another offer once you get ready. And he moved out there lived in an apartment for six months and then moved right back six months later and got 65. And now he's making somewhere North of 80, you know, you know, two years out of the program. And that's because he took that one job. So many people, you know, and I talk to people from, um, um, India a lot and they think that, um, everyone here makes two fifty large and that's like the starting salary for a programmer. And I'm like, it's not. And they think I'm lying. I'm like, it's not, man. I mean, you're like, most people in America don't make that kind of coin. I mean, you know, but 
you can make a hundred K, but it's going to take you three years, I think, to get there. Yeah. About three to, you know, three years from how good you are. But, but take that first job and get the experience first. Mm-hmm. Then, then worry about, you know, keeps, like you said, keep stacking the bag. You know, you just yeah. keep putting, you keep putting money in it and you'll get there. Yeah. No. And, you know, it's like myself. Look, my first job was $13 an hour. You know, yeah. there's people that they look around like, damn, $13 an hour? What, what you was in in a web development sweatshop? And I'm like, exactly. No. Not really. It was an e-commerce company that just gave me the opportunity. They didn't know it from a hole in the wall. I was learning online on websites like coldschool.com and like, you know, on blogs. I had no business to be going into that company trying to code and work on their projects. But they gave me the opportunity, which gave me the experience. Two months and a half later, I was out of there and I was making like 50 already. And then from there, at the same time, because of the skills that I had, I was able to make another 30 online on my own. And then now I'm making $80,000 a year on my own, my first year, 50 from my full time job, 30 from just side gigs and side freelance things that I was doing. But it put me on, on, on that path. When was the first time that I got an offer over $100,000? Literally two years and a half after I became a developer. Now, this is the story that most developers have. What people don't understand is that when you see the headlines, it's just like, I just got $160,000. A lot of times that's not happening to the average person. It's not. That's not what's happening to the average person. You have to understand that it's either you start your path to get there, or you stay at home and be like, damn, two years later, damn, man, I could have been there by now. Or, you know, yeah. I'm building projects. I got the most uh, freaking green lights on, on GitHub, but damn, I wish I had a job. I'm still working my bullshit job because you didn't take those opportunities. You know, right. I had a guy who came in and he was ready to start working. The dude was an accountant. He was making like 70000 and they try to offer him, I think it was like $55,000, $60,000, something like that. And he's like, I can't take a, a, a pay cut. And this isn't that. I'm like, you're switching careers. You didn't go. Starting over, man. <laughs> like some people walk around with this entitlement of like, bro, yeah. I need to make this much. And it's like, all right. And to this day, you know, once in a blue moon, I like to go check out his LinkedIn and see if he's working. It's been two years. I don't see him working as a developer. He's still in right. accounting. Right. So exactly. what does that tell you? He could have been already working. By now, he would have been at 100000 probably creating his own applications, the same thing that I've been preaching to people. So yeah. not only do you get to get the job, but make income for yourself on the side, you know, do the same plan that I did. I came into the game, got a job, got started, started making side income. By the time I was already five, six years in, I could have quit the job because I already made enough money from my side income that I started in the beginning, right? Yeah. So I could just live the life that I want. So it's like, if you go and work, get the experience, it's like they're paying you to fund the things that you're doing on the side. Yes. When you really think about it, you yes. know? Like, that's how I look at it. Every time that I work for somebody, I'm like, they don't even know they're funding me. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, little do they know. You know, like, I'm just working. I'm working for my time and, 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 and trying to get that bread. But at the same time, I'm using that to take care of my life. You know, pay for my, my credit cards, get my credit good, uh, you know, have some savings, being able to invest into the stock market. The, the things that I'm able to do now 
wouldn't be able to be possible if I had just a regular job or I would have continued right. in the same path that I was in uh, before. So it's like sometimes you got to take that, that opportunity, get in the door, and then from there, all of that's going to come to you. Okay. Yeah. Th this whole industry is based on experience. You know, some people might get, you know, those things, but it's just like it happens like a lottery winner. You know what I mean? It's like when people come in and be like, I just got hired by Google. Little do you know, this guy has a math degree. He did four years of school. Then from there went to a boot camp. Then from there spent seven months literally training to go just to pass the interview. And when he got hired, now you see the the, the highlight of like hired at Google, $160,000 starting and then this, this and that. Yeah. You don't know this guy just spent like what, like five, six years just to He's get been unemployed for five years. <laughs> exactly. And being unemployed with no money in his pocket. You know, right. he was working as a barista or a freaking, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, on your local coffee shop. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I can tell you right now, if 50K average over five years is more than 160 in your first year at Google. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you make more money. You know what I mean? Like, and so, like, um, not to mention, you could have gotten the Google job with three years of experience anyway. Exactly. You know, I mean, like it, it doesn't make any sense to me why dudes turn jobs down. I don't understand why they do it. Um, and so like when I wrote this book, that was one of the things I was just saying, like, man, take that first job and just put the experience on the resume. That's my best advice that I can give anyone. Once you learn how to code, take whatever you can get, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as they ain't beating you with a stick. I mean, as long as they're paying you, and yeah. that's nothing. It's like these internships where people work and code for free is just that that shouldn't be allowed in America. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's how they get them. That's how they get them. Like you come work for us for six months and we'll see if we, if we hire you. And then at the end of it, like, sorry, buddy, we can't hire you. Bring, yeah, exactly. Bring in the next batch of, of, of guys for the next. They'll do it. Yeah. The, the next free batch. So like, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, man, no, it, it's crazy what, what happens in the tech industry. But yeah, man, so like I said, this is a podcast, you know, we usually try to go into, uh, once we talk about the technical things, the things about coding, programming, or how to make yeah. money online, etc., right? We try to go into uh, current events, right? Current events of, of what's happening. Now, yeah. this, week, this week hasn't been crazy. I feel like most of the current events, I haven't seen anything that caught my attention. I mean, okay. if you have any topic, anything that you've seen uh, be, besides the winners of, you know, NBA championship, the Lakers, right? <laughs> man, I was falling for the heat. Jimmy Butler's my guy, man. I was upset. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I tell you the biggest thing that happened this week in current events is I'm a huge yeah. Raiders fan. We beat the Chiefs. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But Next next week, I'm talking to a lady next week on my YouTube channel, and we're talking about like internet policy, and um, we're talking about things like um, TikTok ban and like censorship that um, that uh, Twitter's doing and Facebook and all these kind of stuff. So I don't know enough about that yet, but next week I will. I'm going to get educated by this lady that's going to tell us like, you know, is that bad for us? And so that's kind of loosely around. I don't really know what to think about that, but like, there's been you know. You know, Twitter and Facebook been, you know, they just ban people for whatever reason. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I understand, like, some of it's kind of controversial, but, like, um, yeah, do we no, want them to do that? Like, cause, a, good, a good topic, you know, because I feel like, especially now in, in days, you know, with everything that's happening, you can't censor any of, uh, of the sides. Yeah. Left, 
right, whoever it is. I feel like the internet's open for a reason. And I feel like now most of these companies are, are you know, they're acting like they are the, you know, end of be all of, of everything. Like, yeah. you know, they come in and tell you, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to talk about. If you break the the rules, that's it. We're banning you out of here. Or even right. like, like this situation, like, um, what's this guy's name? Alex Jones. I used to yeah. watch Alex Jones for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, just for the hell of it. Uh, every time he talk about green aliens, I'm in there just laughing, right? I don't think he's crazy, <laughs> you know? Um, but I enjoy the show. I think it was stupid, but yeah. a lot of stuff that he says, but then some things were kind of true that he would say once in a while. But what was interesting is that you could do something in another location, another place outside of the platform, and that could affect you and say you're banned. You you did something on Twitter or you did something on Facebook, and then yeah. now on Google we're banning you. And it's like, wait, what? Like I know this has not crazy to do with you guys, you know. Um, but you know, that's a very interesting topic. You know, I, I was talking to one of my friends about this, and and we were saying, like, you know, it's crazy because if for whatever reason somebody let's say you are an independent creator, right? Yeah. And you have your own. Uh, I don't know, business, your own application, and you're making money online, etc. If you do something that they deemed as something bad or says something wrong, whatever it might be, they could easily pull the plug and say, you know what? Stripe don't doesn't want to support you. Now you can't charge people. Then from there, you're like, okay, but let me go to PayPal. Sorry, PayPal is going with what Stripe did, and then now we're not taking you either. So it's like, right. Now they leave you in, in limbo land. Now you're on, <laughs> now you're on Patreon. It's like guys, exactly. <laughs> now you're on Patreon, and Patreon says, "Oh, they banned you. Oh, we gotta ban you too." So then, what happens now? Now this person is it's like a, it's like a walking zombie. It's like right. he's dead already in in real life. He's just like I can't get no money. I can't get no no way to support my family. You know, um, and it's just crazy. When, and also, too, with the whole cancel culture, once people want to yeah. go after you, you know, they just want to go after you. And, and I feel like people can change. You know, people can make yeah. a mistake. I don't feel like people can just say, I did a mistake and, and then that's me forever. Because yeah. there's a lot of things that everybody does that you might regret. And five years later, you're like, damn, that's not even me. You know, like, yeah. What I Back then, that was so stupid. Or even right. if you're like a third, you're 30 years old, you do something at 30. Now you're 50 and you look back, I'm like, damn, that was so dumb. You know, it was like, yeah. I was just young and, and stupid. I, I didn't know, you know. Exactly. And I, I don't like, you know, in general, I don't want to get into what my politics are because I like keeping that close because I don't want to say anything bad and get canceled myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think that in general, um, I do like the internet being free. So yeah. that you can um, pursue your your dream. And I think that's the dream of America, which is like I can like literally put my Shopify site out there. Mm -hmm. I can sell something. I can make a living and I don't need a, a company to do that. And then what Twitter and Facebook are doing are coming along. It's like we don't like that. You like the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So you're banned. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, what's that got to do with anything? Why do you care? Like, and, you know, and so, well, you know, and then so, and then it seems like they're all buddies. And then they just, you know, because Jack Dorsey owns PayPal. I mean, like, so like, you know, he owns Twitter, bound you in PayPal. And they probably have some friends on the board at Stripe and they bind you from Stripe. And like, um, you know, and the guys, and the, you know, this guy's just running a pizza stop. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to sell pizzas, man. Like, what's what happened? You know, Visa <laughs> you know? Mastercard is like we're pulling the plug too. Now you out, you, now you outside. You're like yo, with a freaking uh, a sign. It's like I'll do anything for money. Like right yeah. now, like yeah. please, I just want to survive and, and take care of my kids. You know? I take Bitcoin now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Coinbase banned them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to hide no more you know but it's crazy a lot of the things that that, that happens nowadays in, in in the internet world is it's just crazy yeah. i think like there has to be i always say this there has to be for me i think like some way to control uh you know the companies in the sense of like yeah we say okay uh, we're all free to do whatever we want and some people might say oh you know there's private businesses you know but the same way how we tell a company, hey, you can't be racist and yes. fire somebody uh, and just because um, you say this person, we don't want this type of individual in our company. You, you can't do that, right? We should also protect the fact that you can say, hey, we can't just be banning people from the internet. Like, especially yeah. nowadays, I believe, I think, who was it, Obama or somebody had put it in where the internet was like uh, electricity. You can't just ban yeah. somebody and say, we you can never sign up to Con Edison or to whatever company for electricity. That's like a a right that you need. Yeah. Like you you can't survive without it. You know. So yes. uh, at the end of the day, they're gonna have to put a uh, something there. Like you know. Yeah. But it, it is. I know it's gonna be hard because it's like all these people is embedded. It's like under the table. Everybody getting paid is like you know. It's like when yeah. when people say, "Damn, they you know this people is against this people," and then behind the scenes is like they're all popping bottles at a club together. Like oh shoot. You know, it's like we're all buddy yeah. buddy. You know, it's like WWF. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, <laughs> you think like Marshall Man and, and, and freaking and Hulk Hogan—they're killing each other. It's like they're drinking at their house right now. Yeah, they're going know? to Thanksgiving dinner together. So, like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner exactly. So yeah, I think I think the thing that I think a lot of people need to think about that because a lot of times they'll say Twitter banned some stuff and Facebook banned some stuff, and you might be, yeah, they deserve to get banned. But if you go back to when we were in the throes of racism in the 50s, mm-hmm. where literally if you were black, you couldn't go to a certain restaurant or you couldn't ride on a certain bus or you mm-hmm. couldn't do this. You couldn't do that because of your color of your skin. Now we're saying that because of something I said um, or because I have a different point of view, suddenly now I can't participate in society. And we shouldn't ever allow that to happen again. We, um, you know, we should be where if it's free, then everybody um, wins at that point. You know, and I know that someone may say something you don't like. Okay, well, Twitter, you can you can literally block them. It doesn't matter. Like, why are you so upset, man? Like, you know, like I don't understand. And you know, like, why are we so against some conspiracy theories? But like, you know, we'll listen. We'll watch the ancient aliens guy with the crazy hair. You know, we'll watch his show on History Channel, and we're like, yeah, that's all right. You know, um, but I don't understand why people are so. They want to just ban each other. I don't get it. We living in a world where if I disagree with you, I just don't want to see you again. Yeah, it's like no, nah, it's like if I disagree with you, wouldn't it be cool if we could just come to the middle and and give our points? I think that's that's the yeah. of like debates and things like that where yeah. people go back and forth and share their point of views and things. And yeah. even though we, you might say, "Damn, this guy's a nut," you know, like, but at the same time. That don't mean I want to make this guy disappear. Like, at the end of the day, I feel like if you make people disappear, then that's when there's, like, they get radicalized and it's like, now you left them no choice. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you you put him in a position. It's like, damn, everybody banned me. I can't eat. You know, like yeah. now I really hate you. You know what I mean? So exactly. So that's that's where I think we are we are at in in the world of the internet. Yeah. It's just and, and so it encourages the people out there. What I wish we could do, and I know COVID doesn't allow us to do that, but I miss the days where you could go to like a sporting event and you could sit beside some dude you don't know. You have no idea how they vote, where they go to church or not go to church or whatever they do. And for like two hours, you could agree on something. Mm-hmm. Same thing going to movies. I remember I was in New York watching Justice League. And I'm watching um, The Flash around Superman. And if you've ever seen a movie in New York, that's the <laughs> place to see a movie in New York. I mean, like, it's just like, you know, people went nuts. And like, you know, I remember high-fiving a bunch of dudes. I had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in society, we need to get back to that. We're like, we're not so we want to just ban somebody or hate somebody or, you know, just like, Hey man, let's enjoy what we can enjoy together. Let's be friends when we can be friends. And if we disagree, we don't have to hate each other. Yeah. You know, like, why do we have to hate each other? You know, like what's, what's up with that? You know? Yeah. You know, um, and that's, that's what I'm worried about Twitter where they're just literally just, just banning people off the internet. I mean, like, it's crazy. Yeah. No. You know? it, we don't it, need to go there because it's going to happen to all of us. You know, that's yeah. what people don't understand. If you give them that power, yeah. they'll keep doing it to everybody you yeah know? and that's where that's where it's dangerous because it's like yeah. nobody really steps in you know what's there to say to you know somebody whatever we might say today five yeah. years from now that might not be uh i don't know yeah, good. Cool. Like, somebody yeah. said joe made fun of the Yu-Gi-Oh card members <laughs> and it's like we gotta get him out of here it's like i was just joking it's a, it's a funny joke you know, it's like, yeah. he's like, I still got to feed my kids. It's like, well, Yu-Gi-Oh members got together and we voted, you know, exactly. <laughs> here. Yu-Gi-Oh shaming, you know, like, <laughs> like what? You, you get what I'm saying? So it's exactly. like, you never know that that's where we got to put a stop to it because yeah. at the end of the day is like, Anything can be wrong, like any even words. There was things that I was like looking at the other day, even on Twitter. I was like, yo, like there's words that people just use like back in the days, regular words, and then now they have a different meaning. Yeah, and, I know. and it's like too even like uh not to go into too much, but even like the proud stuff, like the proud boys and things like that. Yeah, but, like, nowadays, like, what if you was a gay dude and you was like, Hey, I'm a proud boy, you know what I mean? Like exactly, you know, yeah proud to be gay and we do what a, now you use the word proud and then now next to it is a boy now you're like uh, a fucking you're white supremacist, supremacist. <laughs> and it's like those words cannot go together now you know right. what I mean? so it's like it's crazy like right. this is the world that we're in and now what can you know we got to guarantee that we have we still have our freedoms it doesn't yeah. matter if it's in the physical world or in the digital world like we should still be able to have our freedoms same way how it, it, it's out here you know what i mean like and it's just this this big companies like i have a, a, a huge problem with like google and youtube just the way how they do business you know in the sense of like they they don't even give you nowadays like what you search for they yeah. give you what they think you should see. And it's like, yeah, no. I hate that. Yeah. I, like, I hate that when I'm like searching for something and they're like, by the way, we we think that you should see this. And it's like, I didn't want to see this. This is not yeah. what I'm, I was looking for. You know? It's just like, I, yeah, because yeah. I had my very first Coder found a YouTube channel. 
Um, mm -hmm. YouTube, um, we didn't post a video for like a year, but this is before I really got into it. Mm -hmm. And this is why I had to start over a year and a half ago because YouTube banned the channel. And we called for months. We're like, what, what, what did you, th there was no three strikes. There was no notice. They just turned it off. And they said, someone said something bad at you. So we turned it off. I'm like, well, what, that, that doesn't make any sense, man. I mean, like, <laughs> like one guy said something and you decide. And then, so we had to start over our whole subscriber base and everything. And then luckily we're back to 50 K now, but like, you know, you know how it is. It, it takes a long time to, uh, to do this stuff. And then YouTube just decides to just, turn it off yeah no it's crazy. that's what, the thing that i hate and then you know there's really no alternative out there and no. like, you know there's no other company that you could go to so it's like now this not only do they own the number one search engine where they pay every browser because this is another thing that most people don't even know yeah. they pay other browsers to make sure that they are you know the search the default search engine Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they have the money to pay for that. And then on top of that, then now they have the number one uh, video search engine. And then it's like, if they decide to pull the plug, they pull the plug and that's it. You know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I always bring up this guy, Eli, the computer guy, Eli, the computer guy been around since the beginning of time. And the dude had a, has a million subscribers. I think it's, it really sucks that you build a million subscribers that people that really care about your content and then YouTube changes the whole thing and says, we don't think we want to show you to anybody. A million people want, wanted to see you, but we're going to show you to a thousand people. Like right. what took you 10 years to build now is like you get to only see uh, a fraction of like the people that you got to, to build. That's why I tell people here on YouTube and I, I'm super transparent. Like yeah. I don't make no money from YouTube. Like when I come in here, I come in here like literally for me to come in and, and tell people, you know, the benefits of codingphase.com, the benefits of becoming a developer, uh, you know, share my story, share stories of my students, share stories of like what's happening in the industry, etc. But I'm not coming to YouTube be like, damn, I need to get a million views so I can right. make that $10,000 check so I could pay my bills and take care of my kid. Like, nah, this is why I decided from the beginning I need to be making my own money separately because I saw guys like Eli where if they pull the plug, doesn't matter how big you get, once they pull the plug and they are going to pull the plug on everybody because it happens to everybody, Right. They pull the plug, and then what happens? You don't have a business. You don't have no income. You don't have no way to survive. And then now, if you have a certain lifestyle, then shit just drops. Now you're over I here. No, it's just gone. I mean, there's nothing you can do with them. I mean, they don't. They don't. It's just kind of crazy. And like, um, apparently, someone can be at YouTube and just decide, like, you know, yeah. they may watch your channel. And like, I don't like that, Joe Santos. Bobby, talk about C sharp. Ban him. We hate C sharp. <laughs> Get him out of here. Pull, just one button, boom. That's it. It's Shadow band. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, <laughs> like it, it'd be crazy. But yeah, man. So yeah, uh, Bobby. Before we head out of here, the yeah. you know, last thing that I want to ask you. What are you listening to right now as far as music? This is this is the format. This is how I like to do oh. my podcast. We talk about code. We talk about how to make money. We talk about our experiences. We talk about, uh, you know, uh, introduction of, of the guests. Then we talk about current events. Then at the end, we like to give them a little 
ah, oh, the fucking, the, the kiss of death of like, what does this person listen to, right? Because I feel like it, it's so important. Music is so important to people because yeah. it kind of it tells you where your mind is at at the moment. So people get right. to know you more personal than even if you just tell them, hey man, hey guys, I'm this is me, Bobby from Bobby Davis and CodyFoundry.com. You know what I mean? Like you could go in there and do that, but music can give people an inside look to your life. What you listening to right now? <laughs> so on the way over here, okay, I was, uh, you, you sit me on Twitter. So I needed some driving music to get here because I had to leave my house to get in here. And so I was, I was getting some driving music. So I put in the um, the Justice League soundtrack. Oh wow! <laughs> so, like, so no no hip hop, no no stars or anything like that. I was listening to movie music. Uh, I was listening to the Justice League soundtrack, which I uh, that's just what I was that's listening hot. to. That's hot. So, <laughs> so you into scoring? And- yeah, I do. I actually do like a lot of movie scoring. Um, I feel like when I'm writing code, um, those types of music can get me into a rhythm. Oh, and um, I just like that rhythm. And a lot of movie music also um, makes me um, inspired. And so like a lot of times I feel like I can conquer the world when you hear that superhero theme yeah. and it'll make me want to go design that next project or work on the next thing or something like that. So that kind of um, music kind of motivates me. Oh, that's hot. I, I mean, I got to yeah. try that out too then because I, I haven't... I, I haven't really thought about that before. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of movies that the score in itself, it's not like a guy who just popped up and took nah. a microphone. It's like a real orchestra, a guy who really knows about music and understand how the brain works. So if they wanted to get you sad, they know exactly how to do it. If they want to get you pumped up, they know exactly how to do it. So yeah. if you're listening to something that, you know, like action hero, et cetera, like that could really get you up there to get you in that energy. Yeah. So that's what I was listening to. And it's like, um, you know, like the second, the second uh, song is called the, I think it's called the justice league theme or whatever it is, a heroic theme. Number two on the, on the CD player. It's in my car. So pretty good. No, that's good. That tells me everything, man. That tells me exactly where you at right now. It, It puts me in the zone when, I'm about to listen to Justice League right now, right yeah, now. Do it. Check it out. It's good. <laughs> I'm about to listen to it just, just to be like, okay, let me check that out real quick. Yeah. See what Bobby was on. He's he's on right now. You know, for me right now, I was just listening uh, with my wife. Um, well, today is a special day. My, my sister-in-law came down from New York City. Uh, we drove to the airport. We, we got her. But on the way there... We was just listening to uh, the dream. I don't know if you know who the dream is. So the dream is a is a uh, composer. He he writes music for a lot of the biggest stars in the world, like Rihanna, Beyonce, okay. etc. But the type of music that he makes himself is like super personal. So mm-hmm. what I like about his music is that I feel like he's the only R and B singer that sings for the guys and from the guy's point of view. So, okay. you know, a lot of times you listen to an R&B song where it'll be like, uh, baby girl, I love you, da-da-da. And, and you know, you the, my first love and I love you because this and that. Terry S. Nash is a dude that has like three, four kids with different women. So it's like, it, it gives you a, a whole world from his point of view. It's right. 
you know, if just to give you the title of, of this album, it's called Terrius Nash, which is his his name, and then it's 1977. So that's what he decided to call it. But at the same time, I'm gonna give you just the titles of, of, of the songs in there. Wake me up when it's over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be long right. gone, ghetto, wedding crasher, Rolex, 1977. Wish you were mine, real form of flattery, uh, AK-47, and tender tendencies. You know, okay. so, <laughs> so this, but what I love about this guy is just like I feel like he sings about things that you know, like guys go through sometimes with women, you right. know, even like when you're young, you have your first girlfriend and, and things like that, but nobody talks about how does the guy feel like you know, like how does yeah. he feel like when a girl just broke up with you? How does it feel like for uh, the guy who just found out his his uh, baby mom's is with his best friend? Or oh, how does it yeah. feel like, you know, because everybody talks about how the girl feel like, but how does the guy feel like, you know? Yeah. So I really enjoy his music and, and it was pretty fun. It was crazy. Every time I play, my wife is rolling her eyes. She's like, because like I told you, it's an album for the guys. It's like a guy's point of view. Like there is no lovey dovey, mommy. This is not this is not your album. This one's for me. You know, right. <laughs> you know, you got Beyonce, I got Terry is Nash, you know, like leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, man. So I really love that album. So yeah, that's what I'm listening to right now. Um, you know, this I also like to give a little bit about life at the end, right? We've been here for like an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, on Monday, we have a Schedule C-section. I'm going to have my first daughter, so I'm super happy. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm excited about that. You know, I already have two sons, you know, Ethan and Jason. And then now, finally, we're going to have the daughters. The last one, guys, people always be like, damn, Joe, keep popping them out here. And it's like... <laughs> Because it's like almost back to back every year. It's like, damn, Joe has another kid. Like, we right. can't keep up. But, you know, <laughs> this is the last one, guys. This, this is it. You know, we was trying for, for the little girl. We got it. You know, God blessed us. And, uh, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you know, we got we we got a new baby coming here. And it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited, a little bit nervous. You know, it's like going back to those days of having a baby right next to you crying. And you're trying yeah. to go to sleep. Um, staying up all night. Staying yeah. up all night. So it, it's one of those those days right now. But yeah, man, I really appreciate that you came through, uh, Bobby. You know, like I said to most of the people, I've been talking about you here on the channel. Like I respect you a lot because you know I like the way how you think, and, and I feel like yeah. uh, the type of individuals like yourself is it, needed in the industry because. Like I said, there's a lot of guys that just want to flex their engineering muscles for no reason. There's guys who want to give advice when they have no experience. There's guys who come in and, and you know, share their experience, but don't look at other people's lives or, you know, where they at at the moment. Like I could come in and tell you, hey, guys, this is how you get a job. I live in San Francisco. So I'm right, giving yeah. you an advice from this bubble. I'm not giving you the advice of, Lil Billy, who's in Wyoming, or Lil Cindy's ass in Tennessee, or, you know, yeah. Lil Juan, who's in Texas. You know, like, that advice I'm giving you is just in a bubble. That's just here. It only works for people here. And yeah. I really like that, you know, what you focus on is the jobs, the facts, you know, and just getting yourself 
into the game, you know, and, yes. and, and getting a bag, you know, that's what we yes. hear. You know, you yes. got to get a bag, you know, yeah. I've never heard of, of a, you know, of a freaking, uh, you know, landlord be like, damn, let me get a hug, man. That's what you don't got to pay no rent. Just give me the hug. <laughs> I've never paid rent or paid mortgage with a hug, you know, yeah. and that's what we need a bag. You know, we got kids, we got family and these things are important. Believe it or not, some some people might talk about this like, oh man, like coding is a religion. To me, coding is not a religion. It's just a career. It's something that you might be passionate because you love it. But at the same time, if it's not making no money for you, I don't know why you're doing it. That's exactly. how I feel, you yeah. know. But then and, I, and I, you know, and I just want to encourage people too that they can they can achieve the things that they want to achieve. I think coding is the economic mobilizer of our time, which means that. It can get you a job in any country. It can get you a job in any town and you can ride it all the way to the top as far as you want to take it. Um, and don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Just yeah, do it. Whether you don't have to go to my boot camp either to do it. I'm not magic. Like yeah. you can do it like 10,000 different ways. But pick one way, study it up, go get a job. Yeah, no, definitely, man. man. And if you guys want to check out Coda Foundry, go check out what the guys I have to offer again, you know, a lot of people might come in like, damn, Joe sold out after three years. I'm saying <laughs> it's not about that. I just don't believe in the things that if you're only doing things because it's trending and not really looking at the job market. You know, one of the reasons why I've never mentioned Coder Foundry, even before I met Bobby, is because what they have there from what I've seen is solid things that you know, really going to get you into a job, right? And at yeah. the same time, it's like other uh, boot camps that I, you know, hold into a higher standard, just like Coda Foundry, like Hack Reactor. You've never heard me talk about Hack Reactor. Everybody that I've heard uh, that has came out of there and that I've met are legit, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. the people that I have seen that came out of Coda Foundry have said nothing but good things from them and actually are working, you know, as soon as possible, you know? So, that's where, I, you know, for me, it's just more like, are we just going to be paying crazy amount of money just to be like, well, I learned the, the same shit I could have learned on the weekend on Udemy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or, you know, so to me, that's where it's like, that's where we define the, the difference between, you know, the bookends that just do this thing as an opportunity to get income and say, it's the same thing that I, I always say for like, when you go to Udemy.com, you see every freaking brand new framework that just came out. Some guy just created a a, a freaking a video, a course for yeah. it. But is it because that framework is the one that's going to get you a job, or is it because that's the one that people are searching for and it's trending at the moment? You know what I'm saying? So right. that's where is the difference between you know like what Bobby does and what other people is doing out there. And again, you know. I don't make no money from Coda Foundry. There's no hitting package, you know, like, right. <laughs> like hold on, Joe, hold this back for me. It's like, nah, like, this is just me having a conversation with somebody that I respect and I enjoy uh, talking to. And as you can see, Bobby's super cool. What I like about him is like, Bobby's like an OG that's been around and he's like, yo, I give you like real life advice. But at the same time, it's young and and just chilling. Just got the swag. I mean, look at look at your boy out here. You know what I mean? With the hoodie on, you know, <laughs> the coat of feather swag. <laughs> you dig? Like that, that's how it is. You know? Yeah. Show my boy some love. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on YouTube. Uh, last thing that I'm gonna say, Bobby, please don't don't backstab the coding face community. Like everybody that nah. was bringing here. Like yo, tomorrow Bobby has five hundred thousand subscribers and be like. 
coding face. Who? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? You can come to you can come to Kernersville anytime, and I'll show you um, some North Carolina barbecue. That's, yeah, that's no. my promise. No matter how big or small we get. Yeah, no, that's how I'm. I'm dying to go over there, man. You know, it, it sucks with with this whole Corona thing happening. Yeah. But you know me. If right now, that's like right there. That's like a, a six, seven hours, a little trip. I could go for the weekend. You know, we yeah. pop bottles. We might, <laughs> we might do a TikTok with Bobby, Bobby over here. <laughs> You know what I mean, the little, the little, little thing. Keep it right here. Keep it ninety, though. You got to keep it in here. I'm like Will Smith. Yeah, keep it in the middle. <laughs> Have fun with it, you know. But yeah, guys, go check out my boy Bobby. Just search uh, Coder Foundry, uh, Bobby Davis, uh, YouTube, Google it. You know, put some respect on his name. You know what I mean? Just Google his name and show some love, man. That's what it's all about. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. See you.